Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Number one. Today's guest, we've got the main man, Carlton Leach. How are you, uh, brother? Pleasure to meet you. Yeah, nice one, James. Thanks for showing up, yeah, mate. You're thanks. welcome. How's things today? Good. All better for seeing you. <laughs> <laughs> how's life been so... How's it? How's yeah, it yeah, yeah. I just said to you earlier, a bit, a bit quiet the last year or so, but uh, I've come back. I've been in Spain and I've come back and I've been doing a few shows. I've been on the road and that. Uh, North West Wales last week, Carnarvon Castle. How was that? That was all right. Well, Wales won the rugby in the same day, so it was a bit mad. It was like the cup final. Wales right World yeah. Cup final, they'd yeah. won that. And everyone's speaking Welsh, and I can't speak it. <laughs> Just that nodding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 we, um, we'll always, I always go back to the start, mate, where you yeah. kind of grew up and how you get involved in the stuff you kind of get involved in. So we'll go right back, mate. So where did you grow up? Uh, in East London, uh, basically five minutes from West End Football Ground. Yeah. Because you're a West Ham diehard. A little bit. Yeah, you're the <laughs> one for the ICF. Yeah. How did you kind of get involved in that? What age? Um, I think, well, the football hooligan thing, I think, yeah, it started in the early, early 70s. It was like, I was about 14. You know, I started going a few way games. with only kids. Then sort of like about 16, 17. Uh, under the ranks of like the TBF was a Bill Gard doing the old school before the ICF. And then that was when we started becoming hooligans, like going away games and everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. How tough was it back then, compared um, to now? It's, it's a tough area, the East End, isn't it? Like, you know, we, like we were talking amongst ourselves, like Glasgow and everything. I think, you know, each area was tough. And when you're a working-class family and you've got nothing, you know, you sometimes they tend to make your, your reputation as, your better reputation as a fighter and being a winner than a loser. Because mm-hmm. if you're a loser, you just get bullied and the people tread on you. Of course, it's either two ways, fight yeah. or flight, and it? it's the same way to be, but it's just life. Yeah, of course, and this is the environment. In the UK, it's yeah. a tough fucking place, you know yeah. that yourself, especially London. Yeah. It's either be bullied or, get, or, or cause it and just fucking not really care, but you've got some reputation for. Um, yeah. The casual scene down there, it was it was rife. It was, yeah. These were a tough run, man. West yeah. Ham. Would, um, 
Do you look back now? Obviously, you said earlier you were getting older. Do you miss it? Yeah, of course I do. It's, it's, you know, if you if you go to a game and then I'm sitting there with my son and my son's never had a fight for, you know, he's, he's 21 now and he just goes and watches the game with me because I've quite had a, but you can sit there and you just think like, ah, oh. he's just like, <laughs> and then you hear someone say something and you feel like, I oh, fucking give that kind of dick. Sorry, I swear. That's what I hear. Yeah, you can yeah, say I fucking want to give that kind of dick. What's on the jaw? And they go, you all right, Dad? I go, yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> because obviously when you're in that life, you were in it for how long? 30 years, 40 years? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my dad took me, my first ever game in 1965, West Ham won the Cup in 64, the year after, um, and I was six years old and just loved football and my dad took me, you know, the old days of rattles and scarves, we used to stand on an old wooden box and so yeah, but then just all the time, you know what I mean, West Ham through and through and then uh, obviously you want to fight for your colours, it's like, because, you, you know, we weren't never going to win nothing off the pitch, so we thought well, we were going to win on the territories. Fuck the same shit, I thought, at least the fans were. Did you ever, were you, did you, so when you were going to the games, obviously when you were playing against the big teams and knowing that you were going to win, were you more excited for the fight or the game, was it both? Do you know what, I think, I think uh, uh, there was 10 years from the age of 17 to 27, I, I probably went, I missed four games, but only watched three. <laughs> <laughs> no, in, no, one of them ones, it won't be, it was like I say, big cup games. If there was, there was special game. But you know, if you was like a big, the big clubs and that, you were, you were more interested in what was going on around you than what was going on on the pitch. Who was Which the biggest? Funny. Who was the biggest scrap you'd ever have had with? Who was the best? That most sticks out in your mind. Uh, the, you know, there's been some great ones, have you? So and I, you know, people go, who's the hardest team against come out? And I think there's so many like teams out there, but I find that the areas with the with the hardest people were working class poor areas you know like Middlesbrough you know like Birmingham you know you go to certain areas and where you know you know they like like myself I come from a shit old background and you think you know that you've got a fight on your hands and you know the likes of Leeds and there, there's some tough areas all over the country and I would, I'm, one thing I learned over the years through experience is that no matter where you go in the country whatever city whatever there's good and bad people and there's 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 tough people and there's hard every every city's got its hard people and everything. And I think the language is a bit different, you speak different languages, but there's you're basically the same people, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and now sorry to interrupt, no, but, uh, now now where we are today, we now respect each other. Because I'm at that age, we look back and I meet all the old top of the boys of like, you know, do photo shoots, we do stuff with them. Baz, you know, the Zulus and but you know, boats in not and there's so many people I could talk about. Mm. And they're all top boys, is that? No, yeah. And um, and but we respect each other now, and we just talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. How so many people were in your firm? Do you know when we sort of so like first started going? I would say you know there was like away games like in Midlands we took a lot. Of, I mean I went every one year, and it was just the days we was going on the intercity trains. I think we we got over at Lime Street, and there was about thirty of us, and half of them was like under 15 and as I remember coming out and they we got jumped and f their firm came from everywhere and they built up there was about 150 hardcore uh, we used to go right up north doing it no no yeah. and then we was doing that and then um, it just built and then because of the travel uh, personal travel cheap travel with the ICF and, and we we got took the name because we were travelling on rail, the British Rail like the Intercity firm we, we called ourselves like Intercity and we just kept that name and it just built and built and built and people stopped going on the specials and everyone started coming like with us sort of thing, and the trains got bigger and uh, it just got bigger and bigger do you know what I mean do you remember your first scrap 
I probably got a kick in. <laughs> was it more scary? Were you never scared of like, the first tune? Do you know what? I, I think, like, just we're just fearless. It's just like, you know, in the old days, we're just like, I don't think we can fuck. I think the part part of the parcel of it and the enjoyment was coming back with a black eye and scratched up and, and mm. like going, seeing your mates going and work on your 16, 17, going, oh, fuck, what's that we're doing? And then telling them all the stories. So, you know, I think it just kind of went hand in hand, you know what I mean? How did, when did you start getting into the, the door scene, being the bouncer? Uh, I was about 21 and I was sort of made myself a reputation on the terraces and people knew me in the East End and everything, so I knew everybody. And uh, I went to the old Moros, Bobby Moore's old club in Stratford. And uh, I used, my mates were in the door and I used to go down there like Friday night and everything. And I turned up one night and they were doorman short. And uh, they said, oh, a little, little, little firm out of Custom House. Come down last week and banged the doorman out and he ain't turned up for work. Can you step in? And I thought, oh, I'm the doorman, I'm just a football fuck, I just want to have a few beers and a laugh, you know what I mean? So I just sort of, I mean, yeah, I'll do it. Anyway, standing there, and the next thing I know, uh, the, the little firm of customers turn up, but I know I'm all from West Ham. Um, Stevie's there, like these, these brothers, and that well-known family. Uh, anyway, they're all going, I think it's a kick-off, they've all turned up, like 20 handed, like eventually kill. I went, no, I'm all, like, whatever. I went, oh, Steve, I went, Dave, we all cuddled and everything. And they come in and it was all, it all just went. And I thought, fuck me, I'm getting paid by a rare yeah? Like, you know what I mean? I'm normally getting nick nicks and fucking, my wages are going on fines and that, but now I'm just doing it. I'm standing there and all that. And I just liked it. I just, don't know, I just kept on doing it. So it was basically a license to... Yeah, basically kick balls yeah. and get paid for that. Yeah, and the birds and everything, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> that does help. Because <laughs> um, you've got, uh, you're saying earlier, uh, 10 kids as well? I did, I have, I did, yeah. 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 Nearly as much as me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is, um, how many doors did you work in, do you know? I started off <clears throat> Stratford, uh, Gansill, Ilford, uh, I even done... Um, Oh, Brixton, no, oh, I was this place over oh, South London. Uh, just I Peckham, I worked Peckham. Uh, me and mate, uh, you heard Cass, West yeah. Ham. Well, Cass had the door over there. Bennington. He went to me, yeah. He said to me, to come over and do, do a fancy bit of work. Um, uh, what's it called? Kisses, yeah, in, in Peckham. And I mean, yeah, I went over there. I was the only white man in there. And I just thought, wow, I said, where are you from? Like, it was like a go. I mean, like, but I knew like, there was a few Millwood boys, tiny, a few people over there I knew and that. But that was an experience. Yeah, getting getting home and getting there. That was just experience, let alone working the door all night. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I've worked everywhere, the North London, South London, the rave scene, where obviously we, we know we worked everywhere from the M25, all the warehouses, and just sort of expanded, you know. When did the ecstasy scene become big for you? Because you, I know you were involved in that. Where was I working? I, I, I think I was like doing the old Dickie Dove days, you know, like bow tie and the old suits yeah. and thinking, um, where was we? We was at a club called The Stairs in Whitechapel. And uh, a fella come down, we know. And I think it's his son, and stepson, was, was a promoter. Like, they was doing, it just started off in 1988. And they'd done a couple of parties, and I think some people were trying to lean on them a little bit because there was so much money. And I didn't realise how big it was going to be. And they went, can you get a little firm together and a security? So, and I thought, well, we've got the woman mates of West Ham, a few doormen, and we, we've all known each other from the, the old days, growing up, and you know that if you had a round, you'd all be together. Yeah. And uh, well, all of a sudden, we went from £50 a night to three, four, £500 a night. And I, and I just felt like, and we could go work, bomber jackets, jeans, all casual and all that. And I thought, yeah. And I remember there was like 13 of us, and there, there was, I think one night we looked there, there was like six, eight thousand people. 
And I went, if this fucking kicks off, we're banging trouble here. I went, how the fuck are we going to deal with that? So I stand on this old warehouse, on this stench, and I'm looking down. And I was with the hands and lasers and people. And all I could see was people kissing, hugging, and, and fucking, there were some white loonies who I knew from back in the day. And I'm thinking, they're not even raring tonight. Normally, like, you get 10 people with a glove, but someone has a beer, someone, someone's going to go bang with a glass. And I'm thinking, there's something. And, I've, and then I was at a little rave um, in Stratford. We went down one there. And... Um, uh, Black boxes, West Ham boy, muskies come past him, wouldn't me? And they're all hugging. I thought, you done hug with the popular boys or whatever, you know, Mylene. <laughs> and I thought, it's got to kick off here. And I'm standing there, like, overseeing it. And all of a sudden, he was going, come out, hug me. All right, Carl. I went, yeah. I went, what the fuck you had? He went, a pill. I went, what? He went, a Cali. I went, what like? He went, ecstasy. I went, he went, hey, have try one, try one. I was going, I'm 29. No, don't, don't forget, never touched drug, never drunk, and oh, I'd have a fag or, you know, or joint when I was younger. And I was, I was thinking, like, what the fuck's going on here? He went, take one of these. He went, only have half. He went, they're proper strong. I went, right, right. And I was with Dave, and I went, I went, what'd you win? I went, yeah, so I went, bump, like the film, we just popped a bit, yeah. standing there. And I went, what, anything with you? I went, nah. But the music's going, boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. But I'm probably standing there going, hey. <laughs> and I went, you got to even now. Nah. He's going, no, nah, I'm all right. I went, well, blinding. And I went, oh, we got to have a break. I said, we've got to go in and have a look. And I was a bit, bit, getting a bit hot and sweaty. Anyway, he said, come on. So we changed the door and we went inside. So we've gone in there. They've got lasers, strobes and fucking smoke machines and everyone's dancing. It was mobbed. So I was just walking through. I went, fucking hell, Dave, I feel a bit funny like that. So we're just walking through like that, going boom, boom, boom. And all of a sudden I went, oh, this is this strobe thing going. And he was going, doo, 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 doo. And it, fuck, I couldn't get out of it. I was like stuck on the floor. And I went, and Dave's like six foot, like this is martial arts, black belt and all that. And I went, I went, where are you from? He went, oh, I, don't know. I said, I'm struggling here, Dave. He went, hold me hand. I went, all right. <laughs> so we're all with hands, walking through the crowd. Like that two's a dormant and all that. And I'm all steroiding uh-huh. up. And it took me about an hour to get from, from here to about there. I got through the other side, but that was how it all started. I mean, because then the film is that, so that's a true scene when you got the, yeah, and the, the, the foster brother, and like, you're on the dance floor when yeah, you're working, dancing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was it. Bumble jacket off. <laughs> thinking I'd always have a vest on. Like, when my mask was going on there, and, and then come back about six in the morning asking for your wages. <laughs> and going, you fucking limits, I ain't cunt. You found there if I could do bills and dancing. I said, yeah, but I was making sure everything was all right. <laughs> it was, um, because when you, the film rise of the foot soldier. Yeah. Great film. Thank you. How do you, but see when you're writing that or coming up with that, how does that make you feel as well, reliving those scenes? Do you know what? It was very, because, you know, a lot of biographies, you know, like gangster things, they're always made probably when the people are dead and everything, yeah. you know, and then obviously to make a film about your life, and at the time it was just after the, you know, Tony had died, dealing with my best mate, Tony Tucker dying and everything, and getting involved in it, and I thought, I want to do something because I've done the book. I want to do something to like mortimise, keep him alive mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And uh, that he was always part of our life, and we did this thing and that. And I thought, I just really want to do something and tell a story uh, of an East End boy who just come up through the ranks, mm. just let the football again, done a bit of door work, done here. But yeah, obviously, it got heavy because we got involved with the muscle trade, the drug scene, and you know, looking after and the gun and drug deals and all that, and the money. and um, and I just, and I thought, you know, I wanted to be not Larry or Flash, but I wanted people to relate to it. And know, you know, with a bird, or you get caught out with the old woman yeah, and something, yeah. and you come in late, you wipe in the fucking, <laughs> you know, all that the stuff. Of it. Yeah, but but everyone's been there. Yeah, 
And I just wanted to be, keep it, was like, try to keep it on that level where mm. right, people can relate to it. Yeah, that's a bit of me. I yeah. remember that. I've done that. I've mm. been there. Yeah. So it ain't just my, it weren't my really stories. Like, I wanted it to be everyone's. And I tried to do it that the people didn't think, oh, because a lot of people can be very jealous or um, get the ump and think, yeah, you're making a film, gangster, and put your chest out. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do, do a real film, something real. Yeah, fuck everybody else. But the Essex boys, they have made more films from the Essex Boys and any other British gang in well, the I, UK well my, my two my involvement was the first two the third one I've not even never watched it today it was done behind you know they'd done it without me and they're doing a fourth one now you know uh, but how but can it, they do that how can they cut you what happened well apparently now in the new one they've, they've got a Turkish geezer playing me someone coming in right uh, they own the rights to rise foot soldier fair do but at the end of the day the stories they're telling now will be fictional how many, how many times can you tell a story about three men getting killed in a Range Rover mm-hmm. You've done that one, you know. You either move on, or there's other aspects to it. But they're just, they're just basically they're living off the back of it, smacking the arse out of it. You know, it'd be like fucking Rambo Six, wouldn't it, or yeah, Rocky Ten. You, you know, you can, you got now you got sixty year old actors playing the the boys when they're they're thirty, the same actors. Then in the sixties, now come on, let's have it real. So how can people play your part and, and you not be involved? I don't know. I, I've the legal side of it. Um, obviously, if, uh, if they keep it to a level where they don't sort of do anything to sort of, sort of like make me look bad or I can sort of I don't really know I've tried to sort of look legally but you know what I would rather just sit back and people go fuck what was that all about and laugh at them yeah, because they'll, you, they'll, yeah. they'll basically yeah. fuck themselves can you not get your new story out there and get someone else to maybe well we, 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 sort of, we wanted to do the third one with Ricky and obviously yeah so you've done yeah, two yeah, yeah but we wanted to bring it up to date and, and, and put clothes to it if you, you know we've done like Ten years after when they died, and the, you know mm. the aftermath of of me, you know the paranoia and trying to get your reputation back again. So I think we could. Uh, I think there's a, there's a story there, but I would like to do it on a level where you look back and analyse your life. So and then you, you got because the youngsters coming through now, they've got the reins. So I've got younger boys who, who do things and go like that's yours now. You can just mm. crack on. Yeah, because uh, when you done it, how what, what age did you meet first meet Tony? We went. We both grew up in the same area, Forest Gate. Both went to schools around each other, and we're, I'd heard he was a couple of years older than me. I'd heard his name growing up, but I met him in sorry, the Epping Country Club. Um, Splash. They used to have parties around the pool, and uh, that was about 1990. And it was the first time we've seen. I think we come across, but we there was all these firm over there. They were all upset, like he had, he had just, and I had all my lot. And he, and he was like looking across the pole and like, yeah, the people going, do you know that little firm? I go, nah. Yeah, you're right. Like, and that, I think people thought we were going to clash. Mm. And we ended up, someone introduced us, we ended up talking and we ended up with some after party in Acne somewhere on the Monday morning, like sort of fucking necking pills and like going, ah, oh, fucking love, love you, you, mate. <laughs> and there we are. That's the story. Yeah. And that's how he's became best friends. Well, yeah, it built up. Yeah, yeah. And we just, I don't know, we just, there, there was something with me and him even though like uh, things about what people said to him about him are probably the same as me, but we just we just we like like we got a bit a bit like soulmates. You know? yeah. There was something that connected us. You know, sometimes you meet someone, you go, yeah, he's proper, and it, it, I don't know, it just felt felt right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the three boys, obviously, when they get killed in the the Range Rover, were you supposed to be there that night? Well, if I, uh, if if I was there, I was supposed to be. What I was saying to you is. 
I was on two murder inquiries at the time for, for my security company and people had got figured and I was being watched and, and there were a lot of things going on. And I think Tony was with Pat and he, I was, he was, we was getting our friendship, not, we were still friends, but there was a distance because what they were doing was not what I, I, I'm all about. Mm -hmm. So I disagreed with a lot of their stuff, you know. And I'm not, and I'm not going to speak of the day because he's my friend and the others. Yeah, but, of course. You know, the politics. If I don't agree with it, yeah, I'm not. I'm not have here to, agree to defend with it. ourselves yeah. either. So I sort of we, we basically, and then something was going on, and a few things had happened, and Tony went to me. Oh, well, I might want you somewhere. This, this uh, plane coming in with blah blah drugs and money, and I went now. Nah. Anyway, I couldn't uh, because of the scenario situation I was in, you know. And I would have bought it, bought it on top for them. So I said, no, don't keep me away out of it. Anyway, I knew there was a meet uh, going on in the days uh, to do with this plane that was coming in. Long story. And obviously, what you know is what the story, and they yeah. ended up being killed. Where were you when you heard the news that they get killed? Uh, I was wearing a bird's ass. <laughs> Getting her pregnant, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, because obviously if you never went there, it's saved your life. Yeah. Were yeah, they always told well, about that? The thing was, I heard it on the radio. No, no, be truth. Sir. I got a phone call early in the morning, about nine o'clock. Someone rang me and went to me, have you heard the radio? And I went, nah. I said, where are I'm at the bird's house, like, out of the way. And he went, put the radio on. I went, what do you mean put the radio on? So I put the radio on, and uh, it went, three men have been found dead, didn't say their names, in a Range Rover. But I knew they was out the night before. But now I'm fucking thinking. So I'm on the phone. But you remember the phone? Uh, they were in the morgue. My phone kept ringing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was my actual voice. Mm -hmm. that, that's the on his, uh, his tape recorder, you know, the message machine. Mm -hmm. That's what I kept saying. Tone, you're there, mate. Pick the phone up. Pick the phone up. And that's um, and that tape is still around somewhere at the, the machine. Mm -hmm. And I tried to get hold of it. And I knew in my heart. And I just stayed there. Then I, I found out it was him. And uh, I got hold of. Uh, Andy worked for him and he rang Tony's girlfriend and uh, she said, yeah, he's dead and that was it, you know what I mean? Yeah, it fucks with your mindset, doesn't it? It's fucking ruin me. Yeah, because... But, but, I, I don't me. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, you said earlier about trusting people in this day and age, right? They went on a meet down the country lane six o'clock in the morning now nah, them boys can have a row but, or if normally if you went somewhere on a bit of work you'd, have, you'd be told up they weren't told up the person that took the rear they obviously trusted because they went to that mate at that time in the morning so I'm not going to point fingers but whoever took them there if I took you somewhere and you trusted me whether I pulled the trigger or I got you if I got you killed and I took you to your death that's as good as me pulling the trigger mm. I've got you murdered end of and that trust to me, is the worst thing. The, the destroying that 
thing that, you know. Yeah. That's how they use that trust to take them to their death. Yeah, lured them to it basically. No. So because the two boys, there's been question marks of two boys who did do it, saying that it wasn't them or there's a yeah. potential that. But they're going to know it's going to happen. Listen, yeah. they've been sitting in prison here for 30 years. So, you know, mm-hmm. if they was innocent, they would, they would have got an appeal and got out, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but the thing is, I know, to be honest, without saying anything, I dealt with the police and I was questioned mm-hmm. and things that went on. And I know the evidence that the police threw at me to, to, to like thing that the pointed the finger. You know? See, because you were you were it now, were you ever a suspect or were you ever? Yeah, yeah, I was a suspect. Mm-hmm. Well, when the, the list came out, um, they, they made me the priority because they knew it had to be someone who was close to Tony, and it had to be someone who was also capable. And when they come around to see me, they come to me thing. They said to me, "We've got you as one of the people, Dan, but we've got to eliminate you." I went fucking mad. I went, yeah, that's my best mate. I went, I ain't gonna kill. Yeah. I just couldn't work out. But then I do understand the theory behind it and the, yeah. because of the reputation and things that were going on. Because obviously, when you go through that kind of shit, it's tough. When no matter how tough you are, no matter how big you are, it fucks with you mentally. It, but what it does, did you hit the drugs? It, did you hit the drugs? It, 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 drink? it was a reality check for me. Mm-hmm. Probably the reason I'm sitting here today talking to you is because what happened to them made me learn from that mistake and the incident that I can now look back and analyse it um, and I can go, well, now I can see my grandchildren or hopefully uh, grow up. And, and, but if, I, if they was alive, staying on the right track, would I have ended up being killed or doing prison or definitely, or someone killing me, probably. How big were the steroids then? Because I know you used to hammer them. Oh, fucking, everyone, we had a firm of our doorman. They was like, we was 20, 30 handed. And if there wasn't one that was under 17, 18 stone, but we always got everyone, they're monsters. But it was the more steroids you took, we, we used to go to work and go in the club, go in the toilet, so we'd be jacking up halfway for the night. We, we, we was taking so much, you know what I mean? Mental, mental. Do you think that affected the mindset of the people yeah. as well? To make them, when you become bigger, it feels like a power where you start feeling more angry. I well, think you, if people who are angry and take steroids are going to be even angry. No, no, that's the worst construction. You mentioned taking steroids and then you're, you're doing cocaine all night. Mm-hmm. That, what that's doing to your body, that fuel. Yeah. It's like combustion, it. isn't it? Mm. And, when you, and, when, and you think you're all in control, and then when you flip, you've got no control because of steroids and the cocaine, and you just you become this monster. It's crazy, yeah, to think. Yeah. Because the story, there is so many films about it. Do you ever, when you're making the films, go, oh, fucking give it a rest? Relax, leave it out? Yeah, yeah, Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. every time you, you trigger that point where you're looking at that shit again, it just triggers... I won't watch I won't look at them because at the end of the day, my, my, you know, they're talking about my mate and, and I know, listen, I know it's an industry where they want to earn money and I can understand that it's a business, but it's personal for me. Mm-hmm. I live it all the time. Every time I look at it, I have to live that, you know, that, my feelings, emotions. Yeah. And I am a human being. You know, everyone thinks, oh, you're this. I'm not, I'm just fucking, I'm just one of your own. Like, but it, it, it does me, it does me, because I think like he, you know, people say like, like for instance, when he died, he totally never told his mum and dad about his life. And I knew this because we were close. We was going all of these together and everything. And I said, you know, we, I remember meeting his mum and dad in Malta and we had a meal with him. And I said like, don't, he said, don't, don't say nothing to your mum and dad about how we are. I went, no, I won't speak. He said, I, I, they don't know. They think I'm a really successful businessman and all that. And they loved him, right? I went, Tone, it's not a safe thing to do, mate. My dad, for me, he's a hard working man and my mum, but I'd never lied to him. If I was doing it, or if I was doing drugs, or if I, or if I was doing naughty, doing something naughty, I always just say to my dad, Dad, do you know why? Because I didn't want them to knock on the door and go, 
uh, Mr. Leach, your son's dead. I, I had to prepare him for that because it was it was been unfair. It was unfair. It had been selfish of me to put that on my mum and dad. Mm -hmm. you know, they was getting they were getting old, and I thought they should know, that, you know, where I'm at. And I think my dad respected me for for doing that, and I'm glad I did. But what they done when Tony died, and I know the fact that that morning they knocked on the door, I spoke to his mum, and they went, "Oh, your son's dead. He collapsed. Died of an heart attack." You're joking. That, his father died. Fuck's sake. That day. That's tragic. But people don't talk about that. Not interested, are they? Was that what another film or a book? No, nothing. It was all last session. But he's, he's, he's poor old dad. Lovely old boy. If I got the call when his son's just been shot. Man, imagine. He's been blown like, by the way the old people told him mm -hmm. that he's been found in a Range Rover. They've all been shot. It's all over the news. Like the, the, the worst killing for years. So you imagine what they've done to that. that. See, and, and then, yeah. then I look back and I thought, I'm so glad... And now, now I see my dad a couple of days later and I was in the car and I just popped him a cup of tea. I was just going and my dad followed me out and he went, oh boy, I want to have a word with you. I went, what's the matter, dad? He went, no, no, no. He went, he went, he went, promise me. I went, what? That I won't have to bury you. Okay. And I went, what? And he walked away. You know, and I just thought, fucking, it was yeah. so poignant. Yeah. He went to me, I, he said, I don't ever want to bury him. Check that hat and airs with you. And he walked to... away. Didn't go in, he just kept it as mm -hmm. quick as that. Just, to the point, window down, said that, and he just walked back into the house. Check yeah. that hat and air for you to try and fucking you know. go on the straight and narrow and, and keep uh, away from think, the bad stuff. Yeah, and I think I sat back, you know, I locked myself away because I never trusted no one. I thought every cunt out there was going to do the same to me. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to go, ain't you worried about the repercussions and, and all that? And I knew that I hadn't, you know, on that note, done anything serious. Well, I, I hadn't, you know. For anybody to go and set you up or shoot you or kill but you. I, I got more in the gear, locked myself. I bought a flat that was mm -hmm. down a dead-end terrace. I could overlook everyone coming. And I used to sit there, fucking, you know, and wouldn't go out, do the doors, do nothing. I was just buying bags of gear, bottle of, you know, JD, yeah. just drinking and thinking. Just to numb the pain. You know, with a thing on me lap, yeah. thinking if someone comes to the door, you... And, that's, and I went through that for months. Absolutely, I don't even know why I did it, but I think I had to go so low to get myself back up. I had to get myself out of the car. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good point to touch on, that even though we speak about it and we get a laugh, but a life of crime, it doesn't just affect the people who is doing the crime, it also affects everybody. fucking everybody. My children, my kids, yeah. your missus, everybody suffers, it's, yeah. you know. So, like, Tony's mum, he, that's two, pe two people she yeah. lost in the she same week. She lost a dad and a son. And I remember when, when, the, when the coffin was, you know, I was carrying the coffin, and we went to bury him, and she was screaming, like, hysterically, like an old dear. She had never seen And she, she tried to dive into the grave on top Shit. of the coffin. You know, and I just think, like, you know, I know, I know the world can be a, a cruel place, mm -hmm. and, and I know he did cruel things, but we've all done bad things, you know. But, you know, I see the aftermath, you know, which, in a way, made me... A better person? Step back, yeah, yeah, yeah I hope so. Yeah, so, yeah, because even though when you say that... See, like I said, when we talk, yeah, yeah. look, when people go, oh, I don't got a drag problem, if you ask me, I don't care if people don't think, if they say you've got a drug problem, yeah, I've got a fucking drug problem. I do, if I do get in, like I said, I'll get smashed, and, I, and, I, and I, I'm a, that's my, I call it a devil's dance drug. But I'm man enough... All, all my bad things, I'll line up. Yeah, I fucked about women, that's my downfall. All the things, I'll admit to it. Because mm. if I don't, like, it'll be my cancer, it'll let me alive. Yeah. But I think that's what it comes down to. If you're taking drugs, if you're taking steroids, 
it's all the usual suspects. You're going to be cheating. You're going to be lying. You're but going to be angry. The only way to know the only way to get off it and make yourself better is to be truthful to yourself. Mm. Not, 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 not just to be around you. You've got to look yourself in the mirror and yeah. be truthful. But we've got too much pride. There's yeah, too much ego. Yeah, Everybody yeah. likes to play the big man. Yeah. And anybody that takes steroids yeah. at competitions, and that the is a bit of insecurity as well. The reason I do the interviews and talk like this is so if young people out there are listening who are watching my films, you know, like a different generations, and, you know, we've got all this knife crime and all that, I hope that they, if they could take heed, if I'm not like their, I perfectly their hero and they're looking up to me, oh, congratulations, what's that? I would hope they listen to me and, and take heed to see it's not all like roses, you know, it's not a, it's not a better road, it's not a, a 24 hour party, seven day a week party, you don't live in sunshine and, you know, and it's, it's, it's a real world out there. Definitely, and anybody that's in a life like you? Like yeah, that. you're up and down. Up down. Yeah. But, but not only the up down, your life, everything, your moods, everything. You know? Yeah, but a natural life's the best life, doing good things, being honest yeah. with yourself, staying clean. Yeah. And but we watched the films and I, I think I was on the channel at the time when I was watching Rise of the Foot Soldier because it's yeah. one of the films where oh yes and you think you're a fucking casual and then you want to buy a bouncer yeah, and then you yeah. want to buy a Range Rover and you... it was like me the first time I see Scarface when it came out well, well in them days no, no, no one knew what cocaine was no one could afford it yeah. I'm thinking I went how the fuck did that come get a machine gun he's been shot he's just done a pile of this white powder he's jumped out of his office and goes shut up I've done all these fucking geezers and I'm thinking Nah, that's a fiction. I mean, there's no way that body could take them bullets and he'd not go over like an old lady in the snow. So yeah. I went like, but I do now. You know what I said to you about the stories and the, 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 when it's the, the combustion? Yeah. That you don't even, the, the, the adrenaline in your body, you probably like when people you know, get stabbed or, or thing, they keep going and going. And it ain't too after you go, fuck me, what was that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That mm -hmm. pain. Yeah, and then feel that. How, how fucked up were you? How bad were you on the drugs at the time? How, how crazy was it? Or how... How not as well was Tony? Was it? Did they have the reputation? Oh, it was horrendous. Was it? I mean, they were they were they were using needles and mm -hmm. uh, Nubane. I think the steroids and the gyms would do Nubane, which is like morphine based, yeah. like painkiller. They were mixing it all up, and then they were just injecting, mixing the uh, the coke with water pure. And and asked when when you see it. So I'm doing a bit up your nose, and I, and I sat and watched it, and, and, and we was coming back from a UB40 concert. We was in a coach, minibus, like all, all coupled up, and we're coming back, and there are those like quaking out in his bird, and they're sitting in the back of the fucking coach. It was all, all couples having a, like, a normal night out, which is unusual, and they're, stand, they're sitting there injecting themselves in the fucking thing. Was that giving them a buzz, or was that giving you an well, adrenaline? Well, they, they reckon it was, yeah. Or yeah. Was it, do you think it was well, all in their mind? I think it was all in their mind. Yeah. Dicked personalities, like you said. But, but do you know when you, you feel like... Actually, agitated. It, makes you, it, makes you, it, it actually made me feel sick. How big was Tony? I was 17. When there's a photo of me and Nigel Benny in Tenerife, I was like 17, 8. I think Tony was around about, about the same. How, how, how did that come about as well? Good friends with Nigel, Nigel Benny? Um, well, I, 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 I grew up with Danny, Nigel's older brother, and we trained from youngsters like uh, the Doors and... They, we've done the doors and then we were friends. And then I was room at the top in Ilford and Nigel had just come out of the army. He was, he was the boxing champ and he just left the army and his brother, Danny, brought him over and introduced me. And uh, that's when I first met Nigel. Who was that getting it for you? That's 30, 35 years ago, 36 mm -hmm. years, something like that. And uh, he, he was just like, he just turned professional. And then I would work a couple of clubs. He turned up at Ilford and the stairs and I'd you know, always come in and uh, say hello. And over the years, and he's, I remember years ago, he said, oh, you know, about doing a bit of screw work for him. 
But I thought, I'm not like that. I'll just sign in people. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, can I be... Because you like, you know, fighting for belts and stuff. And then, then Tony met Nigel years later. And um, he said, oh, I've got this pal. Like, like, do it with me. Called Colton. And he went, but he's, he knew me from the old Colton. Like, he did, mm. he did, Colton? He went, oh, Colton. Because most people think I'm black. <laughs> honestly, I'm the only white Colton about. Honestly, I think of my life. Everyone in East End is black. black. It's called Colton. They're, they're black. So uh, I think that's one of my mum's jokes here. Mm-hmm. Like to make me fucking. It made me a good fighter, didn't it? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> I was thinking, where's that white Colton? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, and he went, oh, Colton? What, what? It's got to be the one Colton. And I think that's how people got known, mm-hmm. don't we? Because my name was so different, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then uh, Tony went, no, it's Colton. Anyway, we met up with him. He went, fucking hell. He went, of course I know Colton. And we had a nugget. And, and we, he said, oh, would you like what used to start walking out? And we just started doing it. Mm-hmm. How, how well connected are you now still to like, the casual scene? Are you still, can you go anywhere? Anywhere around the world? Or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm off, I'm off to Milan tomorrow and with, for the Interboys um, uh, in Milan. I've got associated, I go games with him. There's a lot of West Ham fans in Italy. I go, I've been Lazio loads of times. I've been to the Roma derbies. Uh, but I just don't know why. I think ICF is so, they're so well known. And it's as you get older and then you travel, like all over the country, everybody knows them. And, and like, I didn't realise the same thing like the film. You didn't realise what you become, mm. the monster that, you, that, mm. that, that come out of it. If I say a monster, but it's 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 quite it's quite respectful. Once the, once the film came out, how did your life change then? Once people realised your story and watched it, but do you know what I did when the film came back? I probably stepped back more. Didn't, yeah, didn't go out so much. Do you think it was a sense of release as well to get that? Yeah, idea yeah, and, yeah. Get, there was a lot I got from the chest. Get your side of the Not story. Not just like my side of the story. The what I done to my exes, the misses, the drug problem, the birds. I needed to. It was like an exorcism. Mm-hmm. Do you understand that? Yeah. I needed, I needed to go. A release. Yeah. I needed. I needed to get that off because I think people always thought, ah, oh, that flash can't. He's always with a bird. He's always out. If that was my my old man, I wouldn't suffer what he does. And I think I needed to go out there and say, yeah, I love my hands up. Yeah. I did it. Did you have a lot of regret then? Your life. I, I don't think you can regret your life because it's what makes you maps you out. Uh, we all do it, do a set of cars, you know. I've seen little babies born, like I said, like eight months old or a year and die, mm-hmm. right? Uh, no life. And I've lived to 60, so, you know, if I've had to go for all the, that roller coaster ride, I wouldn't change it for one bit. As much as I would love to change it and, and, and make things, but that's not meant to be. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I always say it, it's not about the cards you're, it's not about the cards you're dealt, it's about how you play them. Yeah. And, you can well, be a product to your environment. I know people, you know, like say, you know, she goes to me, fucking hell, we're going to IB for last year, the 59, you're still out there partying with your daughters, or with daughters and kids <laughs> out there. She says, you're in the middle of the club. She went out for five days, no sleep. Uh, oh, it's caffeine. Anyway, <laughs> Red Bull. <laughs> and I went, and I've just thought, no, I've got to go out gracefully. I've mm. now got to step down, and I know I have. But it's in your blood if you've been doing it for 40 I years. Know, it's... I, but, but the, you only, still way, feel the only way to, to not do with being naughty is not to go to the naughty places. Yeah, yeah. If you just stay away. It becomes yeah. a lonely journey. Takes yeah. care away from home, yeah. especially you says yourself, you're getting older, but you probably, do you still feel 21? Fuck, I'd love to be 21, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, I would give my right arm. 
Yeah. Imagine starting off having a restart, but uh, with all having your knowledge. The same mindset. Yeah, but no, but with all the knowledge yeah. you've got and what you could do. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, mate. Oh, you're trying to mock? Yeah. yeah. I could be dead at 22. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that if you grew up in a different area or a different environment that you would have a different life? Or do you no. think you would still have that mental mentality to the fuck at the... Whether it be Glasgow, Liverpool, Manchester, I would still be that same person, but with a different accent. How was your upbringing? Mum um, and Dad, both, you know, both went to work. Uh, we had to come home to school, me and my sister, got a younger sister, chalk and cheese, love her. She's, you know what I mean? She's the straight side of me. Um, but she's... Uh, but it was hard, yeah, yeah, of course, because, you know, you, you want the nice things. There's nothing, and it goes today, like kids, when they see mobile phones, they want, like, Stone Island there, a folk, I mean, they want the best clobber. But in a way, I think we wanted it like that uh, when we were young, but I don't think it was more how it is today, you know, like, it's yeah. more conscious today, isn't it? With, yeah, it's, uh, social media plays a big part. Yeah, massively, like, and... games and that. But, yeah, but obviously, you know, like... If, if, you know, I went to school with families of, like, seven, eight brothers, and, and they all wore hand-me-downs. You know, the yeah. old brother, like I said, went down, whatever mm-hmm. clothes was, they'd, they'd wear hand-me-downs. Yeah. So, you know, they were a lot of people worse off than me, but I just think the hardest side of it was the bullying and making, sticking up for myself. Yeah. Did you get bullied when you were younger? Yeah. Yeah. A lot? Yeah, at school, yeah, yeah, because the way it looks, I had glasses, a geeky, uh, like, and it's goes, you know... 18, you know, the National Health big thick black things, a lot of fucking Buddy Holly. <laughs> Do you think that's what <laughs> made you... <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's what made you crack then and just go, you know what, yeah, fuck this, yeah. I'm just going to, I'm not going yeah, to take any more Yeah, the old boys smashed me up, give me an old, started fighting them after school, people going, oh, you can't fight them, and then I'll get up, get up, and uh, so I must have had it in me, you know, and then just like, and then one day I won that first fight, but that's why I'm anti-bully. Like, when did bully. you start doing the boxing? Um, only f- I wasn't really into the boxing. I'd just done the boxing like... To keep fit? To keep fit, yeah. Yeah, yeah training. I never wanted to be a boxer. I did my full contact karate, the training. Uh, weights was my thing and football. I love mm-hmm. playing football. I love most sports. West Ham, would you have loved to play for West Ham? Fucking... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who's your favourite player? Uh, from the old days, from the 60s when I first went, the likes of Jeff Hurst, Bobby Moore, Martin Peters... Then, as it went up to the 70s, Billy Bonds, yeah, well, yeah, and Trevor Brookin coming up. And then later on, my, one, probably my, one of my greatest players, I thought, to, to the passion was Palo de Canio. Oh, he's a great player. I loved him. Yeah. He was a Yeah, he's a fucking nutcase, fucking, wasn't he? The passion of the man. Yeah. yeah. Is that how you was related to him? Because he was a bit of a fucking loose well, cannon? Yeah, but I always, I always liked telling, watching Italian football. The kids like watching Channel 4 or 5, whatever it was on. And I used to like Lazio. I don't know why. And then Gazel played there and a few big names. And then, um, obviously, when Palo came to West Ham, his connection with Lazio. And then I got invited out, me and Cass. We did a talk thing. Uh, we met the supporters club. They, they paid for me and Cass to go out to Lazio, Rome. And they, they got in touch with us, the supporters. And uh, that was a few years ago. And I went out there. And obviously, the people I was talking to were all his mates, Palo, mm. who grew up with him on the terraces and things. So there was a connection there, yeah. Is it Cass Pennant? Big Cass Pennant? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a big fucking lump, is he not? Yeah, he's, he's what, 6'4? Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I've known him since 4 Everybody always wants a piece of you, they always want to do QAs, they always want to get. You have kind of became like celebrities through the madness and the, yeah. the, the, the fights. The one thing, look, 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 we do a lot of shows uh, with uh, Cass and that, and uh, I do a lot, but it's, it's always the football stuff. 
the shows I do on my own are probably more to do because the Essex boys, that connection and the underworld thing, like the drug scene and, and everything else. But the the stuff like with Cass, we always get books, you know, loads of it. But it's always like, you know, if you go to Portsmouth, wherever we go, it'll be like a football city, where the football crowd, you know, yeah. like Sheffield United, we've done shows and or whatever, you know, and uh, yeah, it's always been the football. What ground did you love the most to go to away game? I know he says he likes Leeds, but... Because he was like, they were so big as a fucking flash, man, you know what I mean? Always tried to get in the strength end. Yeah? Yeah, I fucking hated him. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I like Man City. Always had a soft spot for Man City in the 70s. Yeah, that's weird, doesn't it? Yeah, because they, they were like, they remind me of West Ham. They were like mm. the poor neighbours and uh, Main Road and that. And then they had uh, Malcolm Allison and that, who was an old West Ham centre-half, mm-hmm. I remember him. And like, I just liked the, the players like, at the time, like, you know, Colin... Summerby, they were all like they, they were just like down to earth players, yeah. but like at Man United, he was like you know, George Best, Flash, oh, they all seemed like mm-hmm. even Flash and all the cans. How many times did you get to jail? Did you get to jail a lot fighting then? It wasn't as bad then, wasn't it? No, 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 you used to like just get like your wrist for a friendly blow, a 50 quid fine. You'd be in court and then bang, now yeah. you're getting free, then they changed, yeah, yeah, and they all changed a few years ago. I think it was at Birmingham, it was all kicking off, and someone went. They changed the laws. Thatcher changed all the laws of football violence. And then someone went, fucking like, well, you know, what should you do? Mm-hmm. And they went, bang, boom. And, he, and this was, well, a good 30 years ago. And they got, he got a 500 quid fine. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Fuck yeah. They need to, and, and then they started giving six months of swearing or having a little tear up. Straight away, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things have changed. Yeah. Things have moved forward. It's... It's crazy when you, you, you when people start fighting. Now, we spoke about it earlier when somebody runs on the pitch. Now, but it is it's all over the news. Yeah. But then you look at Italy. I seen somebody throw a fucking moped yeah. in the Milan stadium over well, the um, ground. The reason AC Milan and Inter don't fight no more. Uh, sorry, the, 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 the rivals. Um, the last time they had their big tear up because I always said they hate each other, mm-hmm. but they got a truce. The city's got a truce. Because the city split between AC and Inter, and and I mean, I mean, the, they used to tell me the old stories in the old, like semi. They used to go with hatchets, big knives, and everything. Like some people take shooters, and and uh, then I think someone got killed with a stabbed and shot or with an axe. Some some things happened, and they decided to keep the truce, and they still to this day keep the truce. Yes, it's wild. Roma and Lazio don't. They, 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 Lazio will still fight with Roma. Mm. Like they, they, they hate each other. But uh, the inter AC have got a mutual choice, like the top boys. Because it's not like, um, fists over there. It's, they use a lot of knives as well. They love a blade over there. Yeah. Straight out of the jacksie. So there's a lot of murders. Yeah, like up, yeah. They, do, they do the thing, don't they? The arse bit and all that, yeah. 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 Spiteful cunts. <laughs> <laughs> do you think um, you're going to write another book then? In the no, you ain't bad in fucking Glasgow with a cutthroat. Yeah. <laughs> a few people will be swiped yeah, up the yeah, arse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that, you personally, because you're an interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> but if people I'm interviewing, man, it's fucking, they're getting bigger and, and crazy. So when, when you get all excited, all your accent comes out, you say, yeah, did he do it? <laughs> do you think? Um, that you'll get another book out do you think you'll write another nah. book um, there may be a final piece of the puzzle the last chapter maybe I would think I would like perhaps my oldest daughter or someone to write it when I die mm-hmm. and like be able to tell a few of the truths yeah the untold stories yeah someone to finish it off and then get the credit for it like the money for it something like that yeah yeah because you can't incriminate yourself nah a lot of people do write books yeah. on their deathbed you can't it do it, yeah. a lot of things yeah because if everybody's grown about, you should. Because I said to me, daughter, you know, you know, like me, I was always, she's like a female version of me, and she's like, 
you know, she looks like a supermodel, but she's a, she's a fucker. You know, don't cross her path. You know, I mean? everyone goes, that's a female. Yeah, I feel. I mean, they go, hey, fuck, she weren't a boy because you used to have been running this and doing that. But I'm glad. But no, she's she's she, she's my soulmate as well. But I think it's, I, I said to her, we talked, we spoke a little while ago. I went, I think it'd be nice for her to finish it because of my grandkids and things and to, the final chapter. I like it to be called something like that. Yeah, I think that's a good one. The final chapter. Yeah, let, final her, chapter. Let, her, let her tell it how she sees it from, from being a daughter of Gold yeah. How's it been on your kids? For you being the father? Um, I've liked with my dad. My dad kept me. I, I've kept my kids like dad. I've never lied to them. Mm. Fucking told them when I fucked up. Told them when they've got half brothers and sisters and, and they've fucked up. And I've, I've always been treated. If I do drugs, I've told them. Because I think, you know, if you lie... It comes back and kicks you in the bollocks, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, and bites you. And just, so I've always tried to be as honest as I can, you know, not totally honest. You know I mean, yeah. they never speak to me. But, uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit of honesty. Nah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, but it's kept them on their feet and they don't run around shouting my name up. Mm-hmm. They've got the daughters allowed. So, yeah, I think it's made them a lot wiser. Yeah. If you get any good friends now, if you get any best friends where you trust, or if your trust just totally gone for everybody? Oh, the, you know, so there's, there's, some of us go back 30 odd years, you know, like, like uh, there's Vic Dart, um, he's well known, you know. We grew up with him and he done a lot of prison. Um, you know, I still trust him to this day with my life, you know. He's like my mentor, you know, when we were young. Um, and I've got Sid, uh, Kevin, there's Little Matty, there's Fearless, who's in the film, you know. He's from a Scottish boy, uh, ex-Marine, you know, Mad Jack. But then people are still there. You know, we don't live in each other's pockets, but you know you can trust them. Phone them a year down the line, yeah. they'll be there. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, if the shit properly at the yeah. fair, you mm-hmm. know. Do you ever get tired of it? Because well? I was in the gurney firm. I was going fucking tea for nothing. <laughs> Do you ever get tired of it as well? Do you ever think back and go, that was fucking hard, that was a tough uh, life? Yeah. To drain you? Yeah. It still does now. Because the easiest thing, I think, was getting into it, and it's harder to walk away. Mm-hmm. You, once you become cult leech, whatever you are, you're always people look at you as that cult leech, and then people look at you as the young cult leech, and they think you know they forget you're sixty. They think oh you're still fighting and rolling around doing stuff you do, and you're not, and it's tiring and it and it's painful and you know you hurt now. You yeah. ache. You know we're old men. You know what I mean? Because I want to know the questions about the the stuff that you did, your film, your yeah. book, and it must drain you constantly having to repeat yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mentally, I, but I've mm-hmm. I've uh, programmed myself. To, to be able to speak to people because that's my choice. Yeah. Uh, that's a job as well. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It puts food on the table. I travel yeah. the country and I'm a lucky man. Mm-hmm. And people, for you know, people like yourself have come all the way from Glasgow. Yeah. And that, you know, uh, uh, that means a lot because you know, you, you know, you're not, you won't get out of bed for, for Joe Bloggs. Yeah. But you've come all the way down here. And I, but you've and got a story to tell because I've been putting posts out. I always like to know who they want on the show. And your names always pop up. Yeah. Always pop up. Because, because of the film, because of the big, as a story, and because you've lived that, and always say it, it doesn't really feel, probably doesn't feel as big. But yeah. for other people looking out, they go, they fuck me, that's I don't crazy. Get it. Yeah. I swear my dad's ashes, mm-hmm. like, I don't get it, James, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. But I do, if you know what I mean. But I think if I let that go to my head, I, I, I try to be a nice person, because, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't cost nothing to be nice. Yeah. And, and, and I like to have the crack. Mm-hmm. I like to sit and have a laugh and mm-hmm. bounce off each other yeah. and not, you know, sit there, you know, with people, you know, like some gangsters sit there with the suit and the watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. That ain't me. 
Yeah. Well, you know that. Well, you're laid back. You're, yeah. you're one of the boys. I fucking give me because a pair you've got of jeans. Good contacts in Glasgow yeah. as well. Because Paul Ferris has been asking for you. Top man. Um, Top man. Frank McAvaney, Tottenham, uh, West Ham striker. Frank, yeah. Um, I knew Frank in the day, and he come back to West Ham, and and he, you know. Great man and friendly, you know. Like yeah. been about having a drink with oh, him. Frank's fucking you know, crazy. He's cr- <laughs> mad. That kind of as birds. <laughs> uh, he had more page frees than the sun. He should have been the first page seven, Philly. When they done page seven, ah, <laughs> oh, he just said the way He loved the party. Yeah. How he used to go up on a Saturday and go and score a goal, I don't know. Yeah. But honestly, uh, but under my name, but what a top man. Oh, Frank and Paul yeah. is like unbelievably respected, you know. But like, spoke to him on the phone, never met face to face, but I feel like I know the man yeah. and always sends sends his guards and I send it back you know and I'll take my hat off to him of course there's a respect there there's a a respect there for all these people and to to, always say to live through 40 or 50 in that life of crime because he did it the old way against against all the odds you know he wasn't a big fella like all the thing Mm -hmm. all all against him and he he, he came out and survived and he's still here and that goes to show that you don't need to be big you don't need to be powerful the thing is with Paul is a lot of people don't leave their 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 their, their area like they stay within their mm-hmm. circle because they're safe. They're they you know. They're, yeah. But Paul is he's known from 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 right across all the way down here, and he's got that respect. Yeah. If he's down here, he'd be safe as houses. Yeah. Know? He's got people who will be there for him. Yeah. He's, de- he's respected all over the Tom country. Man. Yeah, definitely. Before we finish up, I've got three questions um, from the fans. So one of them is from Mikey Hutchinson. What was the best door you worked on? For birds. <laughs> Room at the top. Was it? <laughs> yeah, but that's right. Yeah. Salt. Do you think you get more, probably get more kids out there than what you actually think? Sh- anyway, next question. <laughs> if you have, I can send you his email. <laughs> Didn't he date? Didn't he date to me? And we've got Scott Shearer. Um, what do you think your life would be like if uh, Mr. Turner was still around? I don't know. I can't answer that. Yeah. Only if he was here, sitting next to me, would I know. But I think it turned my... This is sad. I think he done me a favour in what he did, what happened to him, for making me survive and become a better man. Yeah, it saved your life. Yeah. It made you open your eyes yes. and realise yeah, what's yeah. more important yeah. in life. Yeah. Yeah, good answer. Um, we've got Stuart Smith. What's your biggest regret? Not doing an interview with you. <laughs> hey up, James. <laughs> Good man. Um, Carlton. I've and having your fucking surname. That <laughs> was a bastard, mate. The I trouble know. I had through that. Imagine me, I was Carlton fucking t- Trinidad. <laughs> <laughs> the only white Carlton in nah, London. Nah. It's um, Carlton. You've been brilliant today, mate. Anyway, and uh, pleasure, mate. And we'll your see you some Yeah, let's have a chat. Yeah. I've thoroughly Definitely. enjoyed it and I appreciate Top it, mate. And I just want to give a shout out to my main sponsor, Collins Morgan. And also Gary at Engine Carbon Cleaning. We've also got James Morrison at JGM Thailand. So give that a follow, people, and support your local. And obviously, can, can we just thank Essex Casuals for yeah. letting us be? Yeah, and you're going to speak to him in a moment, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you, brother, thank for letting you. us use right. your space. Top man. Thank you. Podcast Network.